This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Post-match chat with chaps for that Millwall podcast where it finished at the Den, Millwall nil, Birmingham City won and we were all brought back down to earth quite quickly, weren't we? I mean, if you didn't think we were going to drop some points in the game last night, then um, you can't have been supporting Millwall long enough because we all knew what was going to happen last night and we weren't going to have another easy win, back-to-back wins going into tonight's games, obviously as I'm recording this on Wednesday night um, with a six-point cushion against the Chasing Pack. We always knew we would make it difficult for ourselves, and we did. Um, and I'm going to do something slightly different on this recording. I'm, I'm not going to necessarily analyse the game and talk you through all the chances and things like that. I'm just going to analyse the situation we find ourselves in um, and then talk about a few players. Um, so it's going to be slightly different. I've got no idea how long this is going to run for. I haven't really prepared so uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, but I want to start off by <clears throat> the only prep I've done is I've got three stats. And to me, these three stats really define the the sort of last sort of period of games. So the first stat is in our last six games, we failed to score in five of them. And in that time, we've had over 90 shots on goal. And we've only scored two goals as a result of those over 90 shots. That's stat number one. Stat number two, we have only won four of our last 13 home games. So I think there's a bit of a myth about Millwall being a a difficult place to come in the last 13 games because we've only won four of them. Um, And that goes back all the way to the game uh, home to Hull when um, they had a man sent off and still managed to get a nil-nil draw against us. Um, And then the third stat, which is one I put on Twitter last night, was we've only won twice when we've had 50% possession or more. And that was against Watford and then the home game against Rotherham when we won 3-0. So the the job I do in my day-to-day basis, I spend all my time looking at information, data and trends and then trying to sort of analyse it. So that's why I always like to do this with data. And to me, those three three stats tell me me certain certain things. And that is, um, we can't score. <laughs> no. Ultimately, what they boil down to is we have a serious conversion problem at the top of the field. That's the first thing. The second thing is when teams make it difficult for us, we have no way of breaking them down. And then the third thing is when teams give us the ball, i.e. make it difficult for us, we don't have another way of playing. And that was what happened last night, ultimately. Birmingham, fair play to them. They came, and they'll probably see that as a perfect away performance. 
scored a goal. We'll talk about the goal in a moment. Um, and let's be fair, they had two other decent chances. There was the other. There was a chance ten seconds after the restart uh, with Kedra, who caused problems all night. I don't know why they took him off. He must have been injured. Um, with a, a sort of dipping shot that was deflected off Cooper. And then we were, when we were chasing the game, admittedly we were chasing the game, but uh, Hogan cleaned for on goal, and to be fair to George Long, that comes out and makes a very good save. So it was a perfect away performance. Um, what I will say about Birmingham is, and I don't blame Birmingham, if I'm honest. I really don't, because if you can get away with it, you do it. But the time wasting and the lack of control that the referee had on the game last night was a shambles. It wasn't the reason we lost. And it wasn't, at the end of the day, we probably could have been playing for another 90 minutes and we wouldn't have scored. But, a couple of things. First of all, their time wasted started from the first half. The real evidential time wasting was from around the 50th minute when it was become, become really obvious. And the referee warned the keeper. However, that's all he did. He warned him once on around 50 minutes and never did anything else after that. He didn't, uh, he, he needed to book the keeper and assert his authority. It was just absolutely shambolic. That's the first mistake. The second mistake is that how on earth he got that time added on at the end. I think it was five minutes. It should have been at least like eight. Uh, there were six subs. They took forever to go off the pitch. He had their time wasting antics. I have no idea it wasn't seven, eight, nine minutes. So that was the second one. It was It was mind-boggling. And then the third one is, I could be wrong, but I am almost certain that when Jukovic got uh, taken off as a substitute, they played the rest of the game without a captain on the pitch. Because Ruddy was captain, he then got substituted and gave the armband to Jukovic. Jukovic went off at the other side of the pitch and kept the armband on. And I'm pretty sure they played the rest of the game without a captain. Now, obviously, who gives a monkeys? But for the, I'm sure from a referee's perspective, that's their job to control. And again, it just shows how useless they bloody were. Um... And then you had the other point where John Ruddy went down and we could have taken a quick throw and they wouldn't let us. There might be something in the rules of the game there. I don't know. But I very rarely talk about referees and I have to say I thought it was embarrassingly bad last night. So that's my little take on the referees. So look, I'll um, I'll sort of go into a, f- a few bits um, and then I'll sort of round up um, on why I sort of brought those, brought those stats up and to me my, what my key takeaway from it all was. But, um, so again, huge opportunity for us last night to go six points ahead against a team that, let's be fair, they played Sunderland at the weekend. So they've travelled up to Sunderland, apparently they played pretty well, and have then had to travel all the way down for a Tuesday night game against us. So, you know, fair play to them, because that's a lot of bloody travelling in three days to come and get three points at Millwall, which is a difficult place to come. Um, they'll be really, really, really pleased. Um I have to say, before I get on to us, there were some good players for Birmingham last night. Birmingham's midfield is very good. It is very, very good. Um, the likes of Kedra, who were, I, I said in January would have tried to, should have tried to sign when Sheffield United let him go back to Brighton. Uh, he's a good player. Um, obviously, you can tell Bellingham's potential. Janino uh, Bakuna's full of energy. Um, obviously, they've got Chong, who's a good, who's, you know, we might hate him, but he's a good player. You know, um, and at the back, Felix a group of good player at this level. At the back there, Roberts is solid, particularly when you just pump balls up to him. Um, they've got a very experienced backline who managed the game very, very well. It has to be said. They they dealt with everything we threw at them. Um, 
And their their midfield's a decent midfield, is what I'm trying to get at. They're they're not a bad side, um, and I think their recent form is better than their position in the table. But we still got to be beating teams like this at home. We have to, and it's 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 no excuse that we 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 have to be beating teams like Birmingham uh, at home. It's 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 the bottom line. Um, so. Uh, a, de- a decent decent side nonetheless um, so from our perspective oh and by the way they were one of the biggest physical teams I have ever seen down at the den they were massive their centre halves were huge Belik's massive their full backs aren't small Jukovic is big so they're, they're a real sort of big physical side and I think they stood up to the test yesterday but anyway from our perspective I think Gary Rowett made two mistakes yesterday and everyone's got an opinion on this by the way and this is just mine right so if you you know disagree with what I say, brilliant. That's your opinion, and that's what football is all about. So my opinion is he his first mistake was a starting lineup. So I would not have started Vogie yesterday. I would have started Burke, and I think his performance merited that. I think he was one of his best games in a mill shirt last night. To be perfectly honest with you, um, but I wouldn't have started Vogie. I still wouldn't have started SA. Again, my opinion. For me, he's not ready to start games like this where we have to win and we have to to get three points. Now, I know hindsight's a wonderful thing. He starts Vogie, we still don't win. See, I get the argument of how do you know until you try? And I totally understand that. Just for me, if I was managing, now is not the time to try it because I've not seen this saviour that a lot of people go on about around SA. I don't think he's as amazing as everyone is hyping him up to be. I think he will be. And I think he's going to be some player. I just don't think he's ready yet. And people are wanting to see things and all, and, and kind of seeing it, if that makes sense. There, there has been no end product. Now, I'm not saying that Vogie and the like have got end product. I'm not suggesting that. But for me, last night, what I would have done is I would have started Bennett. If Bennett's not fit, I'd have started Watmore, giving him 45 and giving SA 45. Um, or, or something like that, depending on how we were. So for me, the first mistake is starting Bogey. He is a defensive-minded um, uh, forward, and I thought he was really poor in the first half. Incidentally, I think he actually played pretty well in the second half before we took him off. But in the first half, I thought he was terrible. Um, that's my view on it. So I would have would have would have made a change. Um, so that was the team. Obviously. Birmingham go ahead. I have to say, for the first twenty minutes, I thought Birmingham were a much better side. They, we just didn't get going. We just kept lumping balls up there. And Bradshaw's going to struggle against most centre halves, but the likes of Kevin Long and Mark Roberts, they are absolute units. You've got no chance, absolutely no chance. So it was just, it was really poor. And you could tell just by looking at Rowett, that was not how we were set up to play. Yes, we're direct, but we were just too direct and too flat, and it was poor. Um, we had a few chances in the first half. I thought Burke was really bright. He put the ball a couple of times and he wasn't even shown on the extended highlights into good areas, but there was no one anticipating it and no one sort of following up. Um, and I'm just reading here some of the chances that we had. Uh, no, Joe, you know I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to go into all the different chances because I'll be here all day. We had 21 shots on goal, so I'm, I'm not. I'm just not going to bother. The main chance was the Cooper header in the first half, and I think that's another thing. I'll come on to it in a moment, but I don't think Fleming and Bradshaw are the greatest of games. But they almost deserve a day off because of the amount of goal contributions they give in this season. Outside of those two, our goal contributions is a shambles. 
And the likes, how many goals has Cooper scored this year? I'm sorry, but a six foot six centre half has got to do better with some of the opportunities we're getting. The amount of corners we had last night and we didn't put any of them away. Coincidentally, last night maybe is the one fixture where you would sort of let him off because our big Birmingham was, but we usually have a physical presence over most teams and the likes of Cooper, Hutch, Wallace and Danny Mack from a, a um, assist perspective, we just it's just not been there this season. You know, Scott Malone's hardly played and I think he's our third, um, sorry, after Bogey, our fourth assist and, and, and goal scorer ranked, which is just shocking. So we get to half time and... Um, I said to my mates that I go with, I think Rowett need to make a change then. And that, to me, is the second mistake he made. I personally felt that the game was calling out for Styles at, at half-time because what you needed, we were panicking, we were just lumping balls up there. What you needed was someone calm, collected, with a bit of composure to get his foot on the ball, who's got the ability to pick a pass, find the right pass, not slow the game down, but in a, in a more advanced position than, say, Savile does, really start to open the game up. And obviously, when he did come on, you saw what he was capable of. But that, to me, Star Wars was the change I would make. Now, if you don't agree with that change, fine. But I think we can all say there should have been changes at half-time. Rowick doesn't make changes at half-time. And to be fair, the first 20 minutes, I felt we were really good. Sorry, I've got emails clinging off in the background. I apologise. <laughs> um I thought we were really good for the first 20 minutes. And actually, when Rowett did then make the subs, we actually had a 5-10 minute period where I think we were poor because we the subs failed to get into the game. So it was one of those damned if you do, damned if you don't. But So I don't think once the second half had restarted, Rowett made changes too late in the context of how we were playing. We had them pegged in their own half, loads and loads of chances, and I understand why he waited before making the subs. The subs were actually ready 10 minutes before, but then he told them to sit back down because we we're all over them. So again, just my opinion, for me, it doesn't make the subs at half time. 50, 60 minutes into the game, actually, we're playing well, we're all over them, and we should have scored. So I kind of get that, and it's damned if you do, damned if you, do, damned if you don't. Um, so that's kind of my, my view on the sort of two mistakes for me that Rowett made. Um, we had umpteen chances uh, yesterday. I think the sort of two or three clear chances were, uh, first of all, um, Berg's chance in the second half, where I don't, I, I don't think he does much wrong, to be honest. He sort of, if anything, he maybe tries to pass it into goal as opposed to sort of putting his foot through it, but it's a good opportunity. Keeper makes a good save, wouldn't say there's anything special. Bradshaw, for me, has the two most guilt-edged chances. It was a good ball into the box. I can't remember who from. Bradshaw, low down, near post, unmarked. Fouls to get a proper connection on it. Any sort of connection on it, that goes into the net because of a distance to the goal. The second opportunity that, that again, Bradshaw had was Styles really nice link-up play. One-two with Fleming, shot from the edge of the box. Keeper um, doesn't hold it, comes out to Bradshaw. To be fair to the keeper, he reacts quickly, comes out, spreads himself. But Bradshaw's just got to be composed and sort of dink it over or dink it around the keeper, and he doesn't. They were, to me, the most guilt-edged chances we had in the game, and they both fell to Bradshaw, and he missed them both. Now, I'll come on to player ratings and stuff in a moment, but 
I don't think Bradshaw was great yesterday, especially when you take into account those chances. But let's be honest, we haven't got anyone else, and he kind of deserves a day off. Like he, I think he's not a day off, but a, 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 an off day. That's probably what I meant to say, because he's been brilliant for large parts of the season. He scored 15 goals, and we rely on him, and he gets battered every game, and we play a style of football that doesn't really suit him. And I think he does, he does well. So I'm not going to sit here and slag off Bradshaw. Um, to me, the the fault lies with the lack of signing a striker in January. Um, and now, do you know what? I'll just address it now. I was going to come back to it later. So I tweeted this last night and ultimately I think it is criminal that we allowed a phobie to leave. And by the way, I am not saying that a phobie is the, the player that would have answered all of our problems because I actually think he got to the stage of his career where other things were more important and he wasn't as interested as he was. And in hindsight, we probably shouldn't have re-signed him in the summer. But that being said, he was there. He was another body. And at this level, he can still compete. We allowed him to go. We put all our eggs in the basket of Kevin Nisbet. That didn't happen and nothing else did. And ultimately, that is the bottom line as to why, for me, we're not where we need to be because we're not converting these chances and that ultimately falls down to the players who are on the pitch. We're creating the chances and we're not converting them. There is not another team going for the top six, let alone in the league, that has one striker. Uh... The only other team that has been pointed out to me on Twitter, which was a fair comment, was Sunderland because they had, at one point, they had three strikers. They had Joe Gelhart, who's still there now on loan from Leeds, who we were linked with. They had Ellis Sims and they had Ross Stewart. Ross Stewart got injured. Ellis Sims got recalled. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And they were left with only Joe Gelhart. The difference is they have the likes of Diallo, Roberts, players like that behind um, that can play as, you know, centre forwards. And, and ultimately they play a style of score loads of goals. So we have one recognised central striker. And to me, that right there is the bottom line. What that game last night was crying out for was either putting two in the box so you have another striker in there that is kind of like feeding off the scraps and the balls that are coming into the box or a big man, a Matt Smith, something, a plan B and we don't have a plan B and whilst I completely agree with quite a few people who said, yeah, we were unlucky last night and we was 
And anyone who listens to this often enough knows I don't ever, you know, I very rarely criticise. We were unlucky, but you can't keep saying we're unlucky when you hear, sorry, when we see this. That was like Groundhog Day. How many times have we seen us play against these pants teams, they take a lead and we just can't break them down? Hull, we struggled to break down Blackpool. We lost to QPR at home. Um, Huddersfield at home. Uh, the Luton, Blake, I'll ignore because they're Luton. The Hull away game, you know, these are teams are just, we, we do not know how to break down teams that just sit in. Um, and that, and that's why I brought up those three stats at the start because when teams give us the ball, when teams go 1-0 up, we cannot seem to break them down. And that is all down to the fact, for me, we did not address the crucial striking element in, in in January. I don't really think we did it in the summer. I felt we needed more than one strike in the summer, not just the phobia. We needed more, and we didn't do it then. So the recruitment, um, and I think that's run by Alex Aldridge, has a lot to answer for for me in the striking department. I actually think Oli Burke is turning into be a decent signing, and for me, merits his place in the first eleven. Duncan Watmore that I've seen so far is not the one that Middlesbrough are up in arms about losing. I've just not seen it. But then he hasn't really started games, hence why I just started him yesterday. Uh, Imaku obviously seems to be unlucky and he wouldn't be ready yet anyway. And it's kind of like, that's it. You know, we, we, we've not addressed the fundamental problem that we've got of a striker. When is the last time that we went out and signed a successful striker? I, I, I can't... I can't even think. I can't, it must be Bradshaw, I suppose. That would probably be the last one, wouldn't it? Like, if you actually think back season upon season upon season, our recruitment in the attacking sort of in the sort of central striker role is 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 a shambles. So, but look, I've had a bit of a rant and stuff, and I almost don't blame the, the, the I, I blame the players, but I just think they're performing to the level that they're at, and. When you compare the 11 we've got versus Birmingham, I actually don't think there's much in it. Genuinely, I don't think there is. I don't think we are that much better on paper than Birmingham. I think we are better, but it's not a country mile. So we've got no right to turn up to these games and win. The players are performing to the level, ultimately, I think their their ability is. No one can sit there last night and say that there wasn't effort. Everyone was giving everything they've got. No one can say that. And that's why I think maybe the players feel a bit aggrieved that we all walk away from last night booing and whatever. Um, I'm not saying I condone that, but that was kind of the vibe. And everyone's really disappointed and angry. But yeah, Millwall fans are very reactive as a as a group. Um, and ultimately, it isn't in our hands now. But I stand by what I said a couple of games ago, which is we need 10 points. And as long as two of the wins out of the three that we need come against Preston and Blackburn, I genuinely think we will still get in the top six. So whilst it isn't in our hands... I think we need to now go unbeaten for the rest of the season. We need to we need four points against Wigan and Blackpool, and then we need to beat Blackburn on the last game of the season. I'm recording this before the uh, the games kick off or tonight, so maybe I'll be talking bollocks after the end of it. But I still stand by that. So it isn't in our hands, but I don't think it's all over yet. And again, taking a step back, whether we're still in the top six tonight or not. What position to be in? Um, yeah, when's the last time we were, you know, all right, last season we, we 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 technically could have got in the playoffs on the last game at Bournemouth, but 
let's be honest, the chances were slim. We still have a good chance of getting in the playoffs. And this team have shown their resilience. I don't think we've had back-to-back losses uh, since September this season. So I fully expect them to go to Wigan and put a performance in. And Steve Morrison raised some really good points last night on Sky that Wigan and Blackpool got to come to us because the only way they're going to stay up is by winning every game. And therefore, they've got to come at us. And if teams come at us, as the stats show, as I said at the start of the show, when we've got less than 50% possession, we win games. And that is why maybe these two games suit us. And coincidentally, our away form at the moment is a lot better than our home form. So maybe we get four points and this sets up a cracker of a game at home to Blackburn. So it's not all doom and gloom. I just want to point out where I think if we do end up not getting in there, I ultimately think it's down to recruitment. And I think the players are given an honest job. There's a few players that are off form, and I'll go on to some of the players now. But I think they're given everything, and that's all you can ask. And I, I think I've covered. I think I've covered everything. Um, to be perfectly honest with you, but this is Millwall. Um, and look, you know, I can't go to Wigan, but we going to Blackpool, and I just hope that we get something out of that Wigan game, so it's still all to play for. Come the um, the Blackpool game. So I'm going to players. I. I Am I going to give ratings? I don't know. I might just talk about him in general. So, George Long. So, before I talk about George Long, Danny Mack and Jake Cooper, I'm going to talk about the goal that we conceded. So, um, there is a catalogue of errors in this goal. The first error is Hutch plays an aimless ball forward, which then comes back straight down our throat. And Hutch did that a lot last night. Um, wasn't just it wasn't the only one, but we just sort of pumping balls up, and I don't know what we were expecting to achieve from it. So that was the first mistake. The second mistake is Danny Mac gets done by Kedra. Uh, Kedra sort of spins him. Um, he does. Danny Mac's in a weird position where he's not initially close enough, and then he goes he close to him too late, and by that point, Kedra's gone. Kedra's then running through on goal, placing uh, Jukovic. Jukovic and Cooper are side by side. Cooper goes to ground. I don't know why he goes to ground. Why doesn't he just try and shepherd him out? So I think that's where Cooper's mistake is. And ultimately, if Long doesn't come out at all, I don't think that goal goes in. So there is a catalogue of errors. And I think it would be very difficult to pin the blame on one of those individuals. That's my interpretation of it. Again, you may have a different view. But ultimately, I think it was a catalogue of errors. But what I will say is, as much as that was an error, ultimately, <laughs> we should have scored at least two goals anyway. So it kind of negates that. So, you know, this this is the problem. We, we concede a goal and because we can't score, that's it, game over. And it shouldn't be like that. So anyway, Long. Um, I really struggle with George Long. And I, I'll be honest, I sort of flip between numerous opinions. All I will say is, I think a lot of the goals we've conceded recently, I wouldn't say they're George Long's fault, but I expect our goalkeeper to do better. Which is a, a very big difference. I don't think you can say that was George Long's fault, but you can say I expect a championship goalkeeper to play for Mill to do better than that. And I think Bart would. Um, the challenge is I think Bart's been out of the team too long now and I don't really know if we would get the same Bart if he did come back in. So I think goalkeepers are a position we need to address next uh, in the summer. But um, 
George Long did make a mistake uh, for the goal, but I also think he made a very good save in the second half um, when uh, Scott Hogan was clean for on goal. So I'll give I'll give him a six. Um, Danny Mac. So I just I've seen so much on like Hoff and Twitter and stuff like that. I'm not on Hoff, but I sort of read it every now and again. And what I will say about Danny Mac is. Class is permanent and form is temporary. Danny Mac will know himself. He's going for a bad period right now. And I think that's clear for all to see. I thought he wasn't his best game again yesterday. I don't think he's been good for a number of games. However, he is Millwall. And that doesn't mean he gets an easy ride for me. But the lad is Millwall and we should want him to do well. More, you know, We want all of our players to do well. But... Lads who come for our academy, we should want especially to do well. And I think Danny Mac knows that he's not in good form. And I guess for Rao, it's a case of if you drop him, does that ruin his confidence more? Or does a period outside the, out of the team do him wonders? And I honestly don't know the answer to that. I don't know Danny Mac himself. And so I think it's an interesting one. Again, um, I think he's a very good player and I think that ultimately he is good enough to be in a top six championship side when he's on form. Unfortunately, at the moment, he's not um, and I thought he was quite poor last night so I'm going to give him a five. Um, the centre-halves, Cooper and Hutch, I'll give him a six. Uh, to me, Cooper's got to do better with the header in the first half and also uh, I felt Hutch, uh, Jukovic won his fair share against Hutch and on top of that, uh, as I said, they were sort of playing aimless balls forward, so I'll give them a six. Malone, I'll give a six. I thought he got forward really, really well. He tried to create. He um, he definitely looked like a threat from going going forward. However, the Rabona, what are you doing, Scotty Malone? Like, what are you doing? Now, ultimately, it never made a difference anyway. But I just don't get the mentality of him to do that. I, I don't. I don't understand it. I don't make a big thing of it because ultimately. It will be forgotten about soon, but I, ju- I just don't get why you attempt that in that in that position. But I'll give him a six, maybe a six and a half, because I actually thought going forward he was quite good. Um, although his end product again wasn't good, just like it wasn't good from the other side. Um, I'm going to give uh, Billy Mitchell a seven, seven and a half. I thought he was probably our best player last night. Um, the effort's there from the boy. Works his socks off. I think he slotted back into the team superbly. Um, energy against a three-man midfield that they played. I thought he was good. I thought he... I think he made what, one mistake in the game, but overall I thought he was re- really good and really positive and tried to get the team going. Um, everyone knows I've been loving Sav recently, but I don't think Sav was up to the standards he's set himself in the last sort of 10 games. So I'll give Sav a six. Um, and I understand why he was taken off because if you have to sacrifice someone, I think you need Billy's energy. Um, but um, yeah, I don't think Sab was great. I'll give him a six. Fleming, I'm going to give a five. Sorry, I, I thought he was ineffective yesterday. I thought he was non-existent for most of the game. And I know people love Fleming, and I do. And I think he's a superb player. He's our best signing for years. He's got 14 goals. And he will play in the Premier League for me and all this stuff. But again, he's allowed to have an off day. And I thought yesterday he was. I, I just think he was poor yesterday, to be honest. I really do. Um, Vogie, a five. 
he was all right in the second half, to be fair, and was playing probably sort of best football in the second half. But in the first half, he was non-existent and I felt the team had to carry him. So it probably, based on the first half, would have been a four. But I felt, as I say, the second half, he was okay. Burke, I'm going to give a seven. I thought Burke was good. I really do. I um, I thought we had George Friend in his in his pocket. I thought he was roasting him all the time. And then we kept switching him sides and stuff. God knows why. Um, I thought Burke was good. And I actually think the last two or three games, he's been one of our better players. And to me, he starts, he, he, he cemented his place in the team sheet. Um, yes, his end product isn't always great, but I actually thought he put some decent balls into decent areas yesterday. Um, so other than Billy Mitchell, I thought Burke was our best player and he was certainly our most creative threat. Um, I would even go as far to say I thought maybe it was his best game in the middle shirt last night. Um, but that's just my opinion, again. Um, and then Bradshaw, I'll give a six. The, the two chances he missed, he has to score. But again, I'm not going to sit here and slag Bradshaw or Fleming off because their contribution over the season has been brilliant. Um, in terms of subs, uh, I thought Styles looked really good when he came on considering how long he's been out. Uh, I'm not going to give ratings because he uh, didn't really have a lot of time. What more? I think he needs to start some games because he, he just seems so ineffective when he comes off, off the bench. I just... At the minute, I'm not seeing the player that we we were sort of hoped to see or promised by Middlesbrough fans. Um, SA, I feel like I have to be careful what I say because so many people are calling for him to start and absolutely love it. Look, I think he's got so much potential and he could be... He's got that much potential at 17, he could go on to be one of our best ever players. That is how much I rate him. However, that doesn't mean to say he's ready to start games like this at the moment, which in my opinion, he's not. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. For me at the moment, he's not quite there. I actually haven't seen much of a product from him and I worry about how lightweight he is defensively, especially up against experienced players like George Friend or Maxine Collan, who are Bill and just, I don't think SA would get much out of him. I'm not saying you shouldn't get more minutes. I just want to make sure I'm, I'm really clear on that. Um, and then I think by the time sort of Bennett came on, etc., it was too late. So... Look, I'm going to leave it there. I've been going for 32 minutes somehow and I'm still having a, still going. Um, a good away performance from Birmingham has to be said. I thought their second goalkeeper, Neil Etheridge, who how he's a number two, I'll never know. Um, he came for everything. He made some good saves. He was dominant. He, you know, took the piss out of the ref because the ref allowed him to. I think he was man of the match. To be fair, their sub goalie, Neil Etheridge, superb. I think they paid millions for him about three or four years ago from Cardiff. So, he comes from good pedigree, and as I say, he's number two, I don't know. But a good performance from Birmingham. Um, I expect with a few additions, they'll do better than they have done this season next year. Um, and ultimately, I'm not going to take the we're unlucky, because we've said that so many times now. The players have got to dust themselves down, show their resilience, go again, and go and get a result at Wigan. And I have confidence that this group can, not based on how good they are, but just based on their character and their resilience. Because I honestly think the team is performing at capacity. And ultimately, it's just down to poor recruitment that if we do end up not getting into the playoffs will be the main reason. Um, we simply don't have another striker to go to up top. And when you're chasing a game, that's just criminal. How we didn't replace a phobie for me is criminal. But there you go. Look, um, I'll leave it there. If you have managed to last this long, Thank you very much for listening. Please do like, share, subscribe, all that kind of stuff that I have to say. Um, won't be at Wigan, but I will see you, hopefully see some of you 
with still something to play for against Blackpool and Blackburn. Enjoy the rest of your week. Bye for now. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.